Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Now, on Monday, we did a mailbag episode where we read emails that we have received from you in our inbox. And we had a lot of great emails that have arrived recently responding to recent shows. And today, I just wanted to share a couple more that I thought had really great ideas and observations in them. The first one is from Dina. She writes, Hi there. Love the show and just listen to the episodes about travel, Italian grade school versus American grade school, and reverse culture shock. I relate to all of it. I would love to hear more of both of your views on reverse culture shock, and perhaps from Tiffany on raising a child as an American mother with an Italian father, and the cultural differences and challenges we face as the children age. I have a four and a half year old boy named Giacomo. I've repatriated to America for the second time. I came back in August 2019 to Seattle, where I had never even visited previously. But this time, I repatriated as a wife and mother. When I left America in 2015, I was newly engaged to my Roman husband, I was an employee in a corporate gig, and I was not a mother. So much has changed in that small amount of time, and by the time I returned, I was such a different version of myself. So sometimes when I chat with other moms here, I feel not American, because I started my motherhood journey in Rome, and then Dublin, where I gave birth and lived for three years. Now in Seattle, the notion of community is constantly on our minds, as we don't really relate to many American families and find ourselves gravitating to more international families, and even that has been a challenge with COVID-limiting socialization. I'm not sure if any of this is interesting to future podcasts, but it is on my mind a lot as I navigate life here in Washington with my little Italian family. P.S. Katie, love hearing your voice on KUW. That's from Dina. Dina, thank you so much. Welcome to Seattle. Hope you end up loving it here. And uh, as for me being on KOW, for the last 19 months, I have been on every single weekend, if you've been in the Seattle area, on KOW Public Radio, which is 94.9. It's the station that I worked for for many, many, many years, over decades, uh, starting back in 2003, before I moved to Rome. But I'm sorry to say, Dina, you're not going to be hearing me on the regular as consistently after 19 months of doing it every single weekend. I have asked to go back to being just a fill-in host, a person on call. So you'll still be hearing me when people want to take a vacation, but I will not be there every single week anymore. But you will hear me if you're hearing this on Thursday as it comes out. I will be pitching the fall pledge drive this Sunday. (laughs) So feel free to Tune on in, and uh, if you're a big supporter of public radio, feel free to send in a donation. All right, our next letter is from AJ. AJ is one of the first people, in fact, I think might be the first person that I met upon moving to Rome, and he writes, I am stateside for the first time since the pandemic, and for the longest time since 2009 when I moved to Rome. Recently, I loved Tiffany's thoughts on reverse culture shock and both of your mini episodes about your first days in Rome. I thought I would share some thoughts. And he does it in two categories. The first is labeled first days in Rome. I went to Rome for a two-year graduate fellowship. 
but I never left until now. I arrived on October 1st, 2009. My entire move to Rome came between Easter and Pentecost that year, from vaguely thinking it was time to go for a PhD somewhere, to applying, to being accepted as a licentiant, getting a fellowship to pay for it, and finding an amazing place to live on a private 15-acre monastic garden next to the Colosseum. But those first few days, I was so out of place. I had no Italian, and I didn't even know what a duvet was, or why there were no hangers in the closet, or how I was supposed to fit into these tiny, lukewarm, no-water-pressure showers. But eventually, it became like a retreat. After years of fast-paced academic programs, the academic expectations in Rome were modest, and it felt like being on a retreat more than being in grad school. But I also tell expats and students, by way of advice, that the reason it is called the Eternal City is not because it's been around for nearly 3,000 years, but because that's how long everything takes. In that first week, I remember sitting out one day to take care of a few administrative things for the university. My residence permit, that kind of thing. For four tasks, I scheduled about two hours, as I would back home and figured I had the rest of the day to attend to other matters. Well, six hours later, hot and tired and sweaty, I returned home having completed exactly one task, which was not even on the original list, but was an unexpected prerequisite, and then stopped to enjoy a really good cappuccino. I got literally nothing else done that day. And as far as Rome goes, that is, by definition, a successful day. I look back on it with a sense of accomplishment. I came to love Rome, but it was also clear that Rome didn't love me back. I have not had a normal, full-time job since 2008. It's all temporary, part-time, contingent, and often disorganized. Employers, even American institutions in Rome, would just ghost me after years because they could. I've just come to a point where I may be done with my time in Rome. And even that isn't clear-cut. Which brings me to the next category, reverse culture shock. Every time I've visited the States from Rome, something new stands out, especially when I visit home near Seattle. The greenery, the lush nature, the ability to see the stars from the driveway, being close to the mountains, the ability to find decent Thai, Vietnamese, and other Asian food. This is the first time I've stayed longer than a few weeks. I miss my international friends, my apartment in Rome. My closest friends have been Norwegian, Dutch, Indian, Israeli, Iraqi, Canadian, Brazilian, and Italian. Suddenly the rest of the world seems so far away again. The first thing I noticed this time was all the Teslas everywhere. Is that just a Seattle thing? Also, I took my goddaughter out for lunch, meeting at a small rural diner in Fall City. $50. Same thing when I took my nephew for brunch at a childhood favorite diner in our small town. For two people, $50 on basic cheap food? I've gotten so spoiled, it seems, being able to go out for multiple courses, or two wood-fired pizzas and two pints of beer for less. Groceries, too, came as a shock. I track expenses very carefully, and throughout the pandemic, eating everything at home, I spent about $300 to $400 a month for some really good fresh local groceries. In 10 weeks stateside, 
I've spent almost as much as I did the entire first seven months of the year in Rome. Of course, I'm also shocked by the wages being offered. Dick's hamburger stand is $19 an hour. Taco Time was offering $20. Amazon's deliveries signing bonus is what I made teaching a university theology class for a whole semester. A friend tending bar is making nearly a thousand just in tips each weekend night. In Rome, you can work for an international NGO requiring four languages, a law degree, and a background in theology, in close collaboration with the Vatican, and feel like you've got a good salary when you get nine euros an hour. I've spent my life working for the church, in ministry and education, so I never thought I would get rich, but I never thought I'd struggle with poverty either. When I moved to Rome, I took about a 70% cut in income, but I figured, hey, grad school, it happens, it won't last long. But even when working insane hours, 17 classes in one year at one point, I never matched my pre-Rome income and have averaged less than half of it. So much for my prime earning years. Anyway, I'm tired of the constantly temporary, part-time, unreliable work and the complicated bureaucratic nightmares. I'm tempted to make this a permanent move back, but I already miss the food and the culture and the cappuccino. That's from AJ. From Mary, commenting on our episode that we did, it was a culture shock episode where Tiffany talked a lot about the failings of American food. Here's what Mary had to say. Tiffany and Katie, as we were driving from Seattle to Moab, Utah, we listened to Tiffany's impression of American food after her recent trip home. After five days out of our bubble, we have to totally agree. Every salad we have eaten in a restaurant has come out of a bag. Most protein appears to be purchased prepared from a wholesaler and just needs a microwave or a deep fat fryer. Very little has been made by ingredients in the kitchen by the staff there. We have theories on why the U.S. is so different from Italy or Provence, places we love for the food. For one thing, in much of the country, we lack the density. When the next town is four hours away, there just aren't enough people coming and going to sustain serving real food. Real food is served in cities and nearby locations with lots of traffic from people and people with disposable cash. And secondly, agriculture in the U.S. is big business, industrialized. We suspect you could drive through the Corn Belt and discover all the local corn is shipped to Kellogg's or Nabisco, and none of it is sold locally. And that corn is not grown for flavor, but for volume. Where we do find real food, in rural and remote areas, it's cooked for the people who work in the fields, not for the visitor or tourist. Anyway, your conversation made us think a lot about the food that we eat, and we enjoy your podcast a lot. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Mary. And thanks for those observations. Very, very interesting. And same from you, AJ. That advice of doing one thing and stopping and getting a cappuccino. I, I can't even tell you how many times I've shared that advice on this very show. <laughs> and that came from you. And our final letter from today is from Mark, who discovered our show in one of the most unusual ways I've heard. He says, Hi, Katie and Tiffany. I'm Mark from the Philippines. I've been listening to your podcast for quite some time now. I discovered your show when I tried to look for any podcast that had historian Mary Beard in it, and I was so glad that this search led me to your show. 
I recently got addicted to anything Roman or Italian when I first visited Rome last December in 2019. It was actually just supposed to be a side trip because I was attending a scientific conference in Barcelona. I was so tired that I imagined that the trip to Rome would just be a time to slow down and relax. I didn't really know what to expect from Rome, but boy did I instantly fall in love with it. I was never a fan of Rome, although I really love pizza and pasta. But when I got to see it in person, everything about it was too lovely for me to regard as a side trip. Rome was indeed romantic. Our one week there was definitely not enough, and how I wished I'd prepared for it more. I definitely wish I could go back. Ever since we were stuck in our homes during the lockdowns of 2020, I've been watching YouTube videos of historian Mary Beard and anything about ancient Rome. How glad I was to run into your podcast. I'm now in Japan for my PhD, and while I know that I should be enjoying this country's unique beauty and culture, my heart is still stuck with Rome. Your podcast has definitely made it harder for me to forget the eternal city. That's Mark in Japan. Thank you, all of you, for your letters. Thank you, those of you who have written letters that I haven't read on the show. I love hearing from you. I love hearing what you love on the show. I love hearing what you want to hear on the show. I love hearing how you found the show. I love hearing from you. I love hearing about your lives. And so does Tiffany. So if you ever feel so inclined to share a thought or idea or a snapshot of who you are and where you are, send us an email, bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com or just go to our website, thebittersweetlife.net, and you can contact us through there. We always love to hear from you. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. If you love the show, take a moment to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to read while you listen, and your rating might help someone else discover the show. Take just a couple of minutes to let the world know what you think of this show. It means the world to us. Thanks. Thank you.